Welcome all you sinners and sodomites to episode 58 of Bible Stories for Atheists. I'm Josh. I'm Linz. And we are your guides to the ghoulishly godly stories, literally, literarily littering the Bible. We're wrapping up 1 Samuel today, chapters 27 through 31. Yes, we are. The first book of Samuel is closed. Is closed. And we are opening the book to... His second book. His second book. (laughs) (laughs) And 1 Chronicles at the same time. Yes, 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 yes. We're getting the finale for Saul in this one. Yes. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody had anything to do with it, it I suppose God. it was God. Yeah. I yes. mean, he said it at the beginning; it was going to happen. So, right. Be weird if it didn't. It's all been leading to the. It's all been leading to this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, strap in, strap on for episode fifty-eight. Saul, you in danger, girl. Candy corn from somewhere in the bathroom? Yep. <laughs> I just keep it in there for a snack. Bathroom candy corn? They're candy pumpkins. Oh, specifically. Oh, that's right. You think those taste better. I think they all taste delicious. Oh, okay. There's just more to these. Oh, okay. So they're better to eat. Yeah. Mmm, <sighs> honey. Yeah, it's nice and all, but then it reminds me that summer's over. You don't go outside. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you mad that summer's over? I like the look of it. <laughs> I go outside. <laughs> I make it sound like you're shut in. Yeah. And well. <laughs> and well. <laughs> it's not entirely untrue. I just work from home. <laughs> That's when most people go outside. Is when they go to work. Um, I prefer fall, so mm. I am happy summer's over. Yeah. Look forward to sweater season. Yeah. I like sweater season stuff. I just, I would skip winter if we right. could, but, and slowly and sh- but surely we are getting to that point. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Global warming. Right. It works out great for Michiganders. <laughs> <laughs> At least in the short run. Yeah. Which is why we invented the car. <laughs> I think. <laughs> to ruin the world. <laughs> <laughs> and to make Michigan winters a little bit better. <laughs> I ate some candy with the hopes that I would get like a short-term sugar boost. Ah, uh, yeah. Hopefully that'll die right at the end of this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Boo! Yeah. Flatline. Well, with that note, previously on BSFA, <laughs> uh, Saul kept trying to kill David, so David went on the run. David twice had the chance to kill Saul, but didn't. And twice Saul saw David spared his life and repented for trying to kill him, apparently because he forgot the first time. Right. More likely just a failure in storytelling. Right. And they were concurrent situations. Yeah. It was obviously two, very obviously two different stories of the same event that both got thrown in there. Right. And so now we're left with the steaming pile of shit. Yes. 
I prefer the one where there is a steaming pile of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're left with easing nature. <laughs> Sometimes dead is better. What's that from? That's from Pet Cemetery. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, David decides that eventually Saul is going to kill him. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> He said he's not going to twice, and yet he he probably is like, well, he keeps forgetting. And also, he keeps winging spears by my head. Yeah. Maybe this is the problem. Maybe that's the spirit, the evil spirit that the Lord sent to to Saul. It's just forgetfulness. You know, he just has early onset dementia. Yeah, he gives him the memento disease. <laughs> you know, no, he has like tattoos memory. all over his body about kill David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Jonathan Hart David question mark. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, David has finally figured out this all is probably going to kill him. Right. So he goes back to King Ashish of Gath. Gath is also where Goliath came from, which I mentioned. So you would think they wouldn't care much for David, uh especially when he rides up with 600 men, but they mm-hmm. they decided to take him in anyway. Um, David well, asks, if yeah. a guy kills your most feared soldier, yeah, a giant, and then is asking you for help, yeah, wouldn't you give it to them? I know it would be a strategic move, yeah, yeah, because he killed your giant, right? Therefore, he's with one stone, yeah, yeah, and then cut his head off with his own sword, yeah. So, I would say that it's probably in self interest, right? Right, that, that decision is made, right? Yeah. Uh, David asked the king to give him one of the country towns. So that day, Ashish gave him Ziklag. Therefore, yeah, Z-I-K-L-A-G. I feel like I'm just in some sort of Tolkien Star Wars sort of thing happening in the Bible and this whole in the Old Testament because the names and I'm sorry I know this is probably culturally insensitive and terrible of me to say but some of the names of these places are very sci-fi yeah I actually was thinking it sounds like something out of a uh, Wes Anderson movie like like um the Grand Budapest Hotel when it's like the the different countries mm. were, it sounded like one of those countries that clag you know Zick-lag. And it goes on, therefore, Ziklag has belonged to the kings of Judah to this day. So it's going to be a prominent town. Okay. Uh, going forward as we talk through these stories. Cool. Ziklag. Yeah. Um, and it says he lives there for a year and four months. So we get some <laughs> time passing. Yeah. Right. Now, David and his men went up and made raids on the Geshurites Girzites and Amalekites, for these were the landed settlements from Talam on the way to Shur and onto the land of Egypt. David struck the land, leaving neither man nor woman alive, but he took away the sheep, the oxen, the donkeys, the camels, and the clothing, and came back to Ashish. When Ashish asked, Against whom have you made a raid today? David would say, Against the Negeb of Judah, or against the Negeb of the Jeremelites, or against the Negeb of the Kenites. David left neither man nor woman alive to be brought back to Gath, thinking they might tell about us and say, David has done so-and-so. Such was his practice. 
all the time that he lived in the country of the Philistines. Ashish trusted David, thinking he has made himself utterly abhorrent to his people Israel. Therefore, he shall always be my servant. Interesting little choices David's making here. So what they're saying is he's he obviously he he's attacking these one groups, but he's lying about it and saying right. he's attacking Israelites. And because he's not leaving anybody alive. Right. No, but okay, wait, wait, just wait. Yeah. Waiting. So the the cities that he's attacking are Philistine. Philistine? Yeah, now David went up to make raids against the Gershuites, the Gerizites, and the Amalekites. And the Amalekites. I, you know, and honestly, I'm not 100% sure. Are these Philistines? Are they Canaanites? Right, okay. You know, like, it's enemies of Israel, though, gotcha. it seems to be. It, so I don't he, know, I don't, but I don't know if they're all, like, enemies of the Philistines. Gotcha. You know what I mean? We like, don't know if they're, they're Gath? Gath? Enemies, yeah. Gath or Gath? Gath, G-A-T-H. Okay. Like Gath, but Gath. Gath. Okay. So we don't know if these towns were part of this kingdom or enemies of this kingdom or right. this kingdom didn't even care about these. But what we do know is that David said that they were basically Israelite territories. Yeah. And so the king thought he was pissing off Israelites. Yep. So therefore, he couldn't ever return to his people. Right. Because... They would probably kill him, so he's going to be with in Gath for forever. Right. He's gaining the trust right. of the king, which is going to be important. Right. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I don't know why in, like, other people's travels into Gath, they haven't been like, yeah, we went through this town where all the Amalekites were, and, like, it's a ghost town now. Nobody's there anymore. Right. And, yeah. like, the king can't put together, like... Hmm. David know, was gone the other day. People keep coming and telling me about all these towns that are wiped out. None of them have been Israeli settlements. And they said everybody there was killed with stones. <laughs> and giant swords. Yeah. David will be here for forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> no connection. Right. Uh, so one thing I want to point out, they keep using this term called Negeb. Yes, thank yeah. you. Um, it's also more commonly spelled and pronounced Negev. Uh, So that's like, if you're looking this up on Wikipedia, that's what you would look up. The Negev is the desert in the southern uh, part of Israel. It gets its name from the Hebrew root word for dry. Mm. It also is used as the Hebrew word for south. So when it says that he's attacking the southern regions of each of these tribal lands. So that's what that's what it's saying. Gotcha. He's attacking these the southern regions. Uh the word comes up several times again, so it's just good to know okay. as we go through this. In those days, the Philistines gathered their forces for war to fight against Israel. Ashish said to David, You know, of course, that you and your men are to go out with me in the army. David said to Ashish, very well, then you shall know what your servant can do. Ashish said to David, Very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. That is all I wanted to point out This <laughs> with this. This is this weird thing where it sounds a lot like Joseph again, where yeah. it was like there was a, he could do no wrong, basically, yeah. but yeah. they don't really get into why. Right. Really. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was kind of this funny back and forth where just out of nowhere, I will make you my bodyguard for life. Yeah. 
just because he says you should know what your servant is capable of, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm going to wreck some shit just so you know ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. And the king's like, you're with me. Right. <laughs> I want you to be close to me. <laughs> you're gonna- See, this is another one where it's like, are they a little a thing here? I mean, you know? I think there's a point in which you're taking it too gay for May- maybe, not all, but male, maybe, not all friendly male relationships are gay. <laughs> maybe David knows how to use his ass ats. Yeah, but know? that doesn't necessarily. Okay, listen. Just because a man who may be gay yeah. is very good at wooing other men doesn't mean it's always sexual. No, no, not at all. I'm just saying, like, like David. Seems to know how to like get these guys to uh, He's a trust good salesman. Him. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think that he is also gay. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. I just don't like. I feel like we're treading on on the on the point of being like every time a man talks to another man, we're like, hmm. In this story, <laughs> I'm just saying. In this story, it does kind of seem like that. And that, like, I'm not. I'm not saying that's what reality is like. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, maybe that's what the writer was like. Right, right. You know? I gotcha. I do really get a feeling that the writer was probably a gay man. Yeah. You know, who I was in so. the closet. I stuff. fucking hope so. Yeah. Also, yeah. he needed an editor, but still. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, Samuel had died, and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in Ramah, in his own city. Saul had expelled the mediums and the wizards from the land. The Philistines assembled and came and encamped at Shunem. Saul gathered all Israel, and they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. When Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, not by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek out for me a woman who is a medium, so that I may go to her and inquire of her. His servants said to him, There is a medium at Endor. We're in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> turns, Endor. Out the, turns out the Bible is copyrighted by Disney. <laughs> that explains Ron DeSantis' campaign. Um, I thought it was interesting here that the Lord did not answer him by Urim, that which is casting lots. So that's like flipping a coin and not getting an answer. Yeah. So to land on its side. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I really wish they had more of an explanation of this. Interesting. Yeah. So he had gotten rid of all the mediums and wizards yeah. right, out of the city. Right. So he did like the Rudy Giuliani thing of the early 2000s and cleared out Times Square. Yeah, out of all the pornography. Yeah, got rid of, and then of realized the, he needed it. Got rid of, yeah, <laughs> got rid of the Italian mafia and let in the Russian right, mafia. Right, right, yeah. yeah, yeah, and hence the Trump campaign. Um, <laughs> he calls out dreams, Urim, and prophets, and it was just just this interesting thing that I was like, okay, so if you're a king, you can have God communicate to you in dreams, which is where you're basically able to say this is what God says, right. Because nobody can confirm that you had this dream right. or that that's what it means. But if you say, God sent me this dream, therefore God is saying this, you can do that. But if you wanted to, you could also use Urim, which is like random chance just decides what God says yeah. for you. Or you can have prophets, which are basically advisors who tell you what God is saying. Right. Like you know? Jafar. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So so it was just kind of this interesting. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Why not? It has nothing to do with it at all. Yeah. It was a little like <laughs> just like the genie. <laughs> I mean, he was. Yeah. That's what Jafar's role was, though. Yeah. No, yeah. you're right. But yeah, that's. I just think it's interesting that that it calls it out that this is if you're a king, this is these are the three paths right. you get, not just for God to actually talk to you because God's not real, uh, but for you to make up whatever right. God is saying. So the fact that God didn't come to him out of any of these, yeah, means he couldn't think of a good reason why. <laughs> right. Yeah. So now he needs to go to the psychic to have her tell him what to do. What to do. Yeah. So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes and went there, he and two men with him. They came to the woman by night, and he said, Consult a spirit for me, and bring up for me the one whom I name you. The woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the wizards from the land. Why then are you laying a snare for my life, to bring about my death? But Saul swore to her by the Lord, As the Lord lives, no punishment will come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? He answered, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, Have no fear. What do you see? The woman said to Saul, I see a divine being coming up out of the ground. He said to her, What is his appearance? She said, An old man is coming up. He is wrapped in a robe. So Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he bowed with his face to the ground and did obeisance. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Saul answered, I am in great distress, for the Philistines are warring against me, and God has turned away from me and answers me no more, either by prophets or by dreams. So I have summoned you to tell me what I should do. Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since the Lord has turned from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done to you just as he spoke by me. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord and did not carry out his fierce wrath against Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this thing to you today. Moreover, the Lord will give Israel along with you into the hands of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons shall be with me. Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground, filled with fear because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten nothing all day and all night. So, Uh just at the top... If you're going to a medium and you're a king and yeah. you put a disguise on and you don't walk in and she immediately goes, you're Saul, then you probably shouldn't use that medium. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you can lie to a medium. I'm just saying. She's not a medium. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was creepy for sure. Yeah. 
I know, right? Yeah. It's a weird thing where he, he, he it's funny because Christians this, will often call her a witch too. So this is when Saul talks to a witch. Ah, uh, so is there, there's not a lot of other things in the Bible that I've heard mm-hmm. in our podcast adventure where they've actually brought a dead person back, back to like, but not back because right. they did with, they've brought dead people back to life. Right. But they haven't like brought ghosts Right. I know. It really is like a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. And then they like, and what's funny is like, they never put him back. (laughs) Like he's just roaming the earth. Like they, they, they continue to talk a little bit because the medium offers him food. He refuses. Saul refuses. Not Samuel. Samuel. She didn't offer Samuel food. (laughs) I was hoping that maybe did they build him a shed? (laughs) (laughs) Sheds by Peter. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that's what you do. Because if you're gonna talk yeah. to ghosts, you gotta build them a shed. You gotta build them a shed. You gotta build them a shed. <laughs> Good for all kinds of ghosts. <laughs> um, yeah. So she she offers him food, but he refuses. Uh, but she and his servants insist. And so then they eat and right. then they leave and they never mention like saying goodbye to Samuel yeah. or like Samuel. Like what the I fuck just, happens I just to him? Does he when just he was sink like, back you're down? Gonna, you and your kids are going to die. Yeah. Basically is what he said. He just sinks back into the ground. Right. Yeah. It's really creepy, but yeah. <laughs> So basically he says to him what he was said to him before. Yeah. This isn't the first time this conversation has been had with Saul. Where basically Samuel was like, God hates you now. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to be king for much longer. We're going to replace you with somebody else. It's another duplicate story. Much better told than the other. It is. Versions. It is. I will, I will give you that. It yeah. is definitely way better told. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But again, it's something like it's not new news. Right. Us as readers knew this, and if you, Saul wasn't a complete fucking idiot, he would have remembered it too. Yeah, yeah. So I did think it was funny, and I think you you noticed this too. Uh, when what is his appearance? And she's like, an old man is coming up. He's wrapped in a robe. Oh. So Saul knew yes. it, it, that it was Samuel. Yeah, yeah. So Samuel loved robes. <laughs> <laughs> Loved wrapping himself in robes, and he was old. He's the only old man I knew that wore robes. Yeah. (laughs) Watching the purses. The Philistines are about to go into battle, and David and his men are coming up the rear. Uh, Ashish commanders are telling him that they can't trust that David won't end up double-crossing him. Right. right? Because. Yeah. They're the smart ones. Right. Ashish talks to David and is like, look, guy, I think you're the bee's knees, but my commanders think you're sus. How about you hold back? Don't take it personal. Right. Uh, So now David and his men are returning to their own town that Ashish gave them. Mm -hmm. Ziklag. Ziklag, yes. Now, when David and his men came to Ziklag... On the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid on the Negeb and on Zekleg. They had attacked Zekleg, burned it down, and taken captive the women and all who were in it. 
both small and great. They killed none of them, but carried them off and went their way. When David and his men came to the city, they found it burned down and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives had also been taken captive. David was in great danger, for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in spirit for their sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David said to the priest Abiathar, Bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David. David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this band? Shall I overtake them? He answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. So David set out, he and the 600 men who were with him. They came to the Wadi Besor, where those stayed who were left behind. But David went on with the pursuit, he and 400 men. 200 stayed behind, too exhausted to cross the Wadi Besor. In the open country, they found an Egyptian and brought him to David. They gave him bread and he ate. They gave him water to drink. They also gave him a piece of fig cake and two clusters of raisins. When he had eaten, his spirit revived, for he had not eaten bread or drunk water in three days and three nights. Then David said to him, To whom do you belong? Where are you from? He said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite. My master left me behind because I fell sick three days ago. We had made a raid on the Negeb of the Cherethites, and we burned Zekleg down. David said to him, Will you take me down to this raiding party? He said, Swear to me by God that you will not kill me or hand me over to my master, and I will take you down to them. Well, what I got out of that story yeah. is that the, the Malachites that burnt down Zekleg. Yeah. Way better than this. than David. Yeah, yeah, I know. He left all the women alive. Yeah, <laughs> they left everybody alive. Right. Yep. They Whereas didn't, they've they didn't gone to these all of these places and killed everybody, yeah, including like obviously including children. Yeah, yeah. It really does say something. Like yeah. it, it, it does not look good for, on David. Although that's not the perspective of the Bible, obviously. Right. Like right. The Malachites are heathens. Sure. Um, and they're and they're dumb heathens for not killing right. everybody. Of course, <laughs> you know? of course. Uh, so it was, you know, kind of interesting. They they go along. They find this Egyptian that points them to the direction of where all their women are and their all their stuff. I mean, I, it's redundant, right? <laughs> <laughs> this next section starts a little vague when it says they were spread out. That's the Malachites that they're talking about. Okay. Here. Um, who stole their shit. When he had taken them down, they were spread out all over the ground, eating and drinking and dancing. Because of the great amount of spoil that they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah, David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not one of them escaped except for 400 young men who mounted camels and fled. David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken and David rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, whether small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken. David brought back everything, 
David also captured all the flocks and herds, which were driven ahead of the other cattle. People said, this is David's spoil. Then David came to the 200 men who had been too exhausted to follow David and who had been left at the Wadi Basor. They went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. When David drew near to the people, he saluted them. Then all the corrupt and worthless fellows among the men who had gone with David said, because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered, except that each man may take his wife and children and leave. But David said, you shall not do so, my brothers, with what the Lord has given us. He has preserved us and handed over to us the raiding party that attacked us. Who would listen to you in this matter? For the share of the one who goes down into battle shall be the same as the share as the one who stays by the baggage. They shall share alike. From that day forward, he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel. It continues to the present day. Another example of David, like being a man of the people, mm. you know? So even if you're stay, staying back to watch the baggage. Right. I think it's funny. Share the booty. Yeah. I think it's funny that other people didn't want to share the booty because they stayed back and were too tired. Is that what it was? Too exhausted to cross the river. So everybody else was like, You pieces of shit. You're not getting any of our stuff back. Yeah. You can have your wife and kids. The spoils were was their own fucking stuff. Right. So basically they were like, You don't you can have your family back, but all of this shit of yours that was stolen, we're keeping. Right. Because you are too lazy and stupid to cross a river. And David's <laughs> like, Hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Calm the fuck down. Yeah. Let's not be unreasonable. Like some people are just tired. What are you supposed to do about that? They're right. old. I don't know. Give them their <laughs> stuff back. Guys, right. come on. <laughs> Let's not be dicks. Right. We kill we kill other people. Yeah. Not each other. Do yeah. you understand? We take care of each other. Everybody else we murder. <laughs> <That's, laughs> totally seems to be his policy. Yeah. <laughs> When David came to Ziklag, he sent part of the spoil to his friends, the elders of Judah, saying, Here is a present for you from the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. It was for all the places where David and his men had roamed. And it actually, like, I cut it out of here, but it actually does, like, list out, like, he sent this to these people and this to these Mm. people and stuff. So it sounds like it's just, like, documenting, like stuff David has done for these different groups, you know, it's more of that kind of stuff where it's all about cementing who owns what in history. Tall Saul hits brawl wall in banal downfall. Oh, look at you. Yeah. How long did you spend on that? That was way too long. (laughs) Way too long. You got to say it one more time. Tall Saul hits brawl wall in banal downfall. Right on. Yeah. Good job, babe. Thanks. Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled before the Philistines, and many fell on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines overtook Saul and his sons, and the Philistines killed Jonathan and the sons of Saul. The battle pressed hard on Saul, and the archers found him, and he was badly wounded by them. Then Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and thrust me through with it. 
so that these uncircumcised may not come and thrust me through and make sport of me. But his armor bearer was unwilling, for he was terrified. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his sword and died with him. So Saul and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men died together on the same day. When the men of Israel who were left on the other side of the valley and those beyond the Jordan saw that the men of Israel had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they forsook their towns and fled. And the Philistines came and occupied them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip the dead, they found Saul and his three sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. They cut off his head, stripped off his armor, and sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to carry the good news to the houses of their idols and to the people. They put his armor in the temple of Astarte, and they fastened his body to the wall of Bethshan. But when the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead had heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men set out, traveled all night long, and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan. They came to Jabesh and burned them there. Then they took their bones and buried them under the tamarisk tree in Jabesh and fasted seven days. Very similar to the story in Judges 9 when um, Abimelech was trying to attack a, a tower and mm. a certain woman, quote unquote, dropped a millstone on his head. Mm -hmm. So he commanded his armor bearer, draw your sword and kill me. So people will not say uh, that he a woman killed, killed a woman. me. Yeah. yeah. The difference here, obviously, is that the armor bearer did kill him in that story. Right. In this one, he had to fall on his own sword. And it yeah. wasn't a woman he was worried about killing him. It was people with foreskins. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the uncircumcised. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, make sport of me. Um, so they all died like Samuel said they would. Yes. And yep. in a very barbaric sort of manner, they took the body and they removed the head and then strung up the bodies for viewing. Yep. Which was commonplace back then. Right. When the defeat of your enemies. Can you give me a spoiler alert? Yeah. Sort of give me like. I'll do my best. I haven't read much further beyond this yet. Is David sad that Jonathan died? Uh, so I do know that we get a story of him uh, mourning. Okay. The, the mourning. I, from what I understand, it's mourning Saul. Okay. But my guess is it wasn't probably actually saw that right. this morning. We're going to pretend that it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'll be real sad if that story ends and then that was like, they don't even talk about it again. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I imagine we'll get a little bit of something okay. in, in the next, okay. a little bit of something. I hope so. If not, you know, we could just do what we'll most Christians, yeah, we'll just do what most Christians do and just make it up. Extrapolate. Yeah. 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 Where they say here that, that David is, you know, uh, I don't know, grocery shopping. <laughs> what they're actually saying is that he misses, it misses Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah. I still think it's, oh, poor Jonathan torn between his friend slash lover. Yeah. Um, and his father. And I really think he should have just gotten the fuck out of there and not have been killed with his dad and his other two brothers. I don't yeah. Know. 
they kind of keep calling calling that out how every time they end the relationship they end uh interaction they specifically say that you know david went this way and then jonathan returned home and right. stuff like that it's almost like every time he has a choice to make right. he could go with david right but he chooses, but he not chooses to. to keep returning and it home. sounds like he's like you know how i know you might not know this being an only child but in in families with more children there is usually a peacemaker in the bunch mm. right there's there's the spoiled one that always gets what they want. There's the one that causes all the trouble. And then there's the peacemaker, which is generally the over, poor overlooked middle child. Right. I was going to say Malcolm. <laughs> Malcolm in the middle. Yeah. Where, although. Uh, <laughs> Malcolm wasn't so he was much a, a bit of an instigator. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know um, if they had any peacemakers in no, that group. <laughs> I don't think so. I, uh, Dewey was probably more of the peacemaker. More than anything. Yeah. In that than anything. Um, but anyway, it seems like Jonathan was probably filling that role where he was like, if I leave, my, like, I know my dad's crazy. Yeah. Like, I know it. I can't leave my brothers with this man. Right. I don't know what's going to happen to them. Like, I can't just let him run things as a yeah. king without me being there to, like, temper his insanity. Right. Sort of situation. And and that could be entirely true. And I could see why you he would make that decision. But it just makes me sad that he had to die with his stupid dad and his stupid unnamed brothers. Yeah. <laughs> and the stupid unnamed armor bearer. Yeah. Like, I kept feeling like this armor bearer kind of deserves a name. I know. Yeah. I know. He, yeah, he fell on his own sword for him. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You would think they could, like, just make up a name if they didn't have one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Joe. Joe. Joe the armor bearer. Joe the armor bearer. Rest in peace. Yeah. And so with that, that is the end of First Samuel, okay. except oh. this is also the first story we get that overlaps with the book of Chronicles. Uh, so we'll formally give Chronicles an introduction and talk about like who wrote it and stuff like that uh, in a future episode when, okay. we, when, when appropriate. But this story does show up in First Chronicles chapter 10, and it's almost verbatim. Oh, really? So it's very obvious that the writer of Chronicles, known as the Chronicler. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's very obvious that he had, um, likely he had uh, the book of First Samuel, uh, books of Samuel and Kings to gotcha. go off of, right? Because right, right. like I said, it's almost verbatim. But there's one thing right at the end that has an extra line. And the line is this. So Saul died for his unfaithfulness. He was unfaithful to the Lord in that he did not keep the command of the Lord. Moreover, he had consulted a medium seeking guidance and did not seek guidance from the Lord, even though he did. Therefore, the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. So it's, and it's, I do yeah. think it's just kind of funny because it's like, no, he did try to talk to right. God and God refused to talk to him. Yeah. It's you know? almost like, Make, just making a note of like, we know that him consulting the medium was wrong. Yeah. So we're going to add that to his list of sins. Yeah. Um, but really, God didn't care. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because long ago, when Saul first was king, at that point is when God was like, I've made a very big mistake. This guy sucks real hard and he's 
like definitely going to die by my hand at some point in time. I don't know why I'm not going to do it now and save people a lot of time and agony, but I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah. Instead of just doing it now, maybe David needs to be a little bit older. He's need to have murdered so many towns before yeah. he can become king. He I don't know. He collected, you know, 10,000 foreskins. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know the reason why when God had decided initially that Saul sucked, that yeah. the problem wasn't taken care of then. Right. And just let all of this travesty and tragedy play out. In the meantime. Yeah. Oh, that God. <laughs> that God. Just, just really playing with people like Job all over again. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that story. So, yeah, that's that's it for First Samuel. All right. And it's uh, it for Saul. Yeah. So Second Samuel is then like David becoming king. Yes. Okay. And do you know... Does it stay interesting or does David get real boring when he becomes king? It, from my understanding is it's it's interesting. Okay. It's definitely I think I think it's interesting at least. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I don't we'll see how well they tell it, but um I do think it's uh it's an interesting story that yeah, we'll get to. Okay. I, I don't All know right. how I don't want to like spoil no, how it goes. That's, that's fine. I just, yeah. you know, sometimes in, and, and not just in the Bible and just regular storytelling, when somebody gets power, like they either turn evil. Yeah. Or. Oh no, he's got an arc. He's, he's got an arc where okay. like, like he, he has his own fall. Yeah. Yeah. Or he gets real, like, or he becomes just like your stereotypical, like, king of the people, and it's just yeah. real boring. Yeah, no, no. It's not like all's well for David from here on gotcha. out. No, he's okay. he's on the rise right now, but he's going to have a fall, too. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah. And they all lived miserably ever after, except for Saul, who died. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. Help us grow the audience by sharing us with your friends or giving us a share on social media. And we love hearing from you. You can reach out on our website at bsfa.cc. Saul, you in danger, girl. <laughs> I hope everyone gets that reference. <laughs> I bet nobody will, but it'll still be funny, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm dizzy. <laughs>